cloud town Singing to that highway song Got a little nice smile The kind of drives you out Nothing like playing with fire Brings boy to life Be with the fuse you like Be good as dynamite The following is a presentation of the Bellip Sports Media Network. Fourteen twenty in the morning, fourteen minutes and twenty seconds for the sports talk to get you through your daily commute. Hot takes, recaps, best bets, and a little humor to get your day going in the right direction. Sit back, grab your coffee, and let's get into it. Fourteen twenty in the morning. Today's show is brought to you by SeatGeek.com. The SeatGeek app. Use promo code one four two zero pod at SeatGeek.com today and save yourself twenty dollars on your first purchase at SeatGeek.com today. Thank you for making us a part of your morning each and every morning. Remember, we are part of the Belly Up Media Network. Go to BellyUpSports.com for great articles and podcasts such as the Sports Stole Podcast, hosted by today's guest here at fourteen twenty in the morning, Vince Stover. How you doing, Vince? My friend, it's been a while. Yeah, I'm doing great, man. Uh, I'm excited about what's ahead. Uh, baseball is in full bloom right now, and uh, so excited to come on and talk some baseball. There we go. Vince, the uh, Major League Baseball season's just over third done. The, uh, it's been a crazy first few months of the season. A uh, few surprises here and there, teams leading their, a few surprise teams leading their divisions. Um, who's been the biggest surprise to you so far this season? And let's start on the positive side of things for once instead of focusing on the negative, Vince. I think it's Texas. Um, I mean, what they've been able to do, even without DeGrom, uh, as he was injured and out for a while there before the Tommy John surgery, and they were still, I mean, the amount of runs they're putting up every single game is absolutely ridiculous. And having these this pitching staff show up um, in spite of, of losing DeGrom, I'm impressed. And I've I said it on uh, Wednesday night show uh, on the sports stove, I just, I think we're at that point now where we have to believe in the Rangers that they're a legit team out there in the AL. That's the thing. They've brought in the old, the old manager, the old guard there, and they're doing something else. And Seager's hitting the ball a little bit. And people who say that uh, batting average doesn't matter and the analytics guys and all the, the nerds and everything else, I hate to say that, but uh, I, I find them to be uh, eating their words a little bit because right now the Texas uh, – I don't care what uh, analytics say. If you put guys on base, have high batting averages, you're hitting the ball well, you're going to score more runs. And this, this small – everything else, you're striking out, it doesn't work, and the Texas Rangers are proof to that. You know, and I'm seeing it across the board right now. It's been a change even within the season where it seems like teams are now trying to do more of just get on base again as opposed to just try to all swing for the fence. Uh, I mean, I watch a whole lot of Brewers games, and the last uh, series against Baltimore, that's all they were doing was poking it into right field, poking it into left field, just getting on base, and then they score runs. And it's less of the swinging for the fences, and I think we're going to start seeing more and more of that as the season progresses, because it's it's what works. <laughs> you just got to get on base. Yeah, because the, the strikeout ratio thing, 
uh, Vince, I've never understood that going all all or nothing. As you know, I'm I'm a Yankee guy, and they're that all for nothing mentality for quite a few years, and it hasn't done anything. Yeah, they make the playoffs, but they don't really. And a boohoo for the Yankee fans, right? But <laughs> it's one of those things you just go, okay, if you have guys on base, the old Moneyball philosophy and everything else that that kind of works. Get guys on base, take some walks, take some pitches, because nowadays, uh, if you can get into a bullpen, I think that you you have a situation where you have guys. The, the more hands you put the baseball in, the bigger uh, situation you're going to have on the defensive end of things. Eventually, one of these guys is going to screw up out of the bullpens. And innings eaters that uh, aren't around baseball a, a lot anymore with the arm injuries or anything else, I think you're seeing, like you said, during just during the season so far, the uh, the shift in mentality when it comes to the, the offense has been something else. And I, I don't I don't think the uh, the rule changes have uh, have hurt that situation either. No, I don't think so either. I I'm surprised that the shift or banning the shift, they haven't found a better way to uh, get around that rule. Um, I really thought, because they're talking about you could still shift in the outfield and stuff like that, I really wondered how effective that rule was going to be. So far, it's created for more entertaining baseball. Um, that and the pitch clock both, I think it's been great for the game of baseball. And MLB, they get a lot of things wrong. Um, but I feel like they got most yeah. Cool, right. <laughs> yeah, they get most things wrong when it comes to Major League Baseball. So, yeah, there's been a lot of surprises. You've seen a lot of teams. You see the Arizona Diamondbacks somehow with their nickel and dime uh, payroll, what they got going on there in first place somehow in the uh, the National League West, which is a powerhouse with a lot of money being spent with those California teams. And somehow the Arizona Diamondbacks are right there pulling things through on a nightly basis, 36 and 27 or, or, or somewhere around those lines. It's crazy to see a team that uh, has been a, a, a have not for a long time doing well. Yeah, it is. And again, it's entertaining. Like they're fun to watch. Uh, they're doing a lot of fun stuff. They got young stars. Corbin Carroll is, I mean, he's exactly what a club needs, a superstar that they can market. And uh, what's been surprising with Arizona is the pitching because their staff's not been great, but it's been good enough. And, I mean, they don't really have – in my opinion, they don't have an ace. Um, but they got guys – Gallon's been okay. Kelly's been pretty good this year. So they've been able to pull it off and do what they need to do so far. I'm not confident that it'll last, um, but I think they could be a playoff team. Uh, but I think you're looking more wild card team versus actually winning the division. I'm just not sure that the pitching is good enough to win that division. Yeah, you got to think eventually the Dodgers will fi- find a way to get back in where the, the where they've been for X amount of years now. You'll, they'll find a way to get it done. Uh, another surprise, you go out uh, out east there. The, the Tampa Bay Rays are just rolling no matter what. So I listened to your guys' show this morning, and uh, yeah, it was something else. How that team, yeah, they, they won whatever it was, 20 games in a row to start the season, and they just haven't skipped a beat really as, as it as it goes on. And it's good good that they did because you look at the Baltimore Orioles, another surprise team only three and a half, I think four and a half, five out right now, but Baltimore without that start, they'd be a first place Baltimore Orioles team. Yeah, Tampa, I talked about this on the in the before the season on the fantasy baseball show, but it's a team that you just can't bet against. Every year you look at them and you go, ah, eh, you know, the Yankees are better, Baltimore's getting better, uh Toronto should be really good. And then all of a sudden Tampa rolls off the start, the incredible start to the season. Uh, they're the last team to get to 20 losses. They still haven't hit 20 losses yet this season. Uh, they're at 46 and 19. So this team has been incredible. Again, they're putting up a ton of runs, and they're not allowing a whole lot of runs, a plus 135 run differential. And they've been battling injuries. I mean, their pitching rotation has been hit hard with injuries. But Zach Eflin comes in in the offseason and has pitched really good. And they've got a phenomenal bullpen, too. 
Uh, so Tampa, I, I don't know if I'd call them a surprise as much as a, yeah, we should have seen that one. <laughs> we just never believe in Tampa, it doesn't seem like. Well, the thing with that start they got, they could have went 500 from, from then on in and had a, a shot at a wild card spot. Now if they go 500, I think I did some math today, and it was they, they beat 94 wins just by going 500. So they're going to be what they're gonna be well over, over 105, 110 wins, you would think, by the time it's all said and done with this kind of a pace, unless something goes sideways. That arose arena, I, like he's uh, some people don't like him, the, the old the old guy get off my lawn and waving his fist <laughs> in the air. Uh, but I think he, he's a character. He's got, I think he's good for the game of baseball, uh, the way he plays and his little pose and everything else. And he's a hell of a player. Yeah. I, and, and Wander Franco's the young guy coming up. Rosa Reina's the veteran. That's, uh, that's kind of, I think setting the tone for that team in the locker room and, uh, just giving them that confidence. He had such a great, uh, world baseball classic and just carried that over into the season. And he's a guy that's been up and down over the last couple of years, um, and you know, I, I always look at it from a fantasy baseball perspective He's a guy that you looked at in the past and you're kind of like, man, I want him on my team, but then he goes through these droughts and all these other things. Well, this year he's been really, really solid 12 home runs, 108 bases. Uh, he's got, uh, not a lot of steals and his strikeouts. You'd love to see it lower, but, uh, you talked about him being a character. I mean, again, every team needs someone they can market. And I think a Rosarena is that guy for Tampa. He's almost the guy for the whole uh, whole East Coast, really? the way he's doing things down in Florida. You look at that, we'll move the terms to the National League East right now, and there are some surprises there. One, the amount of money that, that the Mets have spent, and they're, they're just not doing anything. They're actually uh, borderline. Almost, yeah, they're borderline awful. Then you look at the Philadelphia Phillies who went out and made the addition of Trey Turner, and everybody was christening them to be the National League uh, representative in the World Series because Turner was supposed to be that guy to put them over the hump. They, they were within two wins of the World Series last year. And then you have another team in the NL East there with the Florida or Miami Marlins, I guess they're called, that uh, they just uh, they're hanging around somehow with their nickel and dime payroll as well. Yeah, so uh, New York, they made some big moves in this offseason. But when you're signing guys that are older than me, um, it's it's probably going to come back to bite you. And uh, so yeah. uh, they got superstars that they brought in. But again, they're 40 plus and it's just not going to work, I don't think. Uh, so I wasn't positive on the Mets coming into this year just because I wasn't sure if they could stay healthy. Uh, the bats have been fine but they need to be better, all that kind of stuff. Miami's the team that's interesting, and, and I'm not, I haven't bought into them yet. Uh, they're, they're doing well. The pitching staff's done pretty decent, uh, but they're just a team that I look at and go, there's no way they're going to be there at the end. Uh, but, I mean, they are where they are right now, and you can't, you got to respect it. But at the same time, I, 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 would, I would assume the Mets are going to get a run at some point. You would think Philadelphia would show up at some point too. They have to. You would think with that lineup, they, would, they have to do something. Right. I mean, you can't spend that much money and be sitting below 500 and eight games out of the, the division lead. Uh, I don't understand what's happening in Philadelphia, and I'm assuming they'll make some changes again, probably at some point this season or in the offseason, because it's just not working for them. And uh, Philadelphia fans, they're not patient. <laughs> so no. uh, it's going to get rough. <laughs> yeah, the, the the other go back across the West Coast. Speak of teams that you think would be doing a lot better. It's a team that was in the National League uh, Championship Series last season against those Philadelphia Phillies, the San Diego Padres, and the money that they spent and, and that they continue to spend. They, they went out and they made a, a last second uh, bid for Judge. So I don't know where this owner is getting his money from, but he's spending a lot. Uh, <laughs> you, you, you just wonder what's wrong with that franchise and what's wrong with that team. Is it just a case of uh, like in, in the NFL, is Cleveland's going to Cleveland? Is, is San Diego just going to San Diego? Maybe it's not that good 
Yeah, I I don't know if it's a deal where they got so much talent that they just assumed it would be a cakewalk, um, and they didn't come in motivated for the season. Um, that's the only thing I can think of. The pitching had, had a really rough start. I think they're coming around. Uh, Musgrove's he's starting to look good again. So the things are I think will turn around for San Diego. San Francisco's not that good. Um, you know, Colorado's atrocious. Well, Colorado's yeah. horrible. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We have so a San chance Diego, to win some ball games, right? That's the thing. Right. San Diego, I mean, the pipe dream is Shohei in the offseason, um, but I don't know how they would make that work financially. But I'm at the end of the day, San Diego is a massive disappointment. And I mean, I just don't know if they have competitors. They have talent. I don't know if they have competitors. And uh, and I think that's where they're getting hurt right now. Well, I don't know if you heard the other night when uh, Juan Soto there, he was asked a question. He said, well, I'm doing my job to ask the other guys. I'm paraphrasing, but that's basically I'm here for me and I don't really care. I know I'm getting paid and he's a Boris client. So, you know, he's not going to sign during the season and he's going to do what he can get his numbers stacked up. But uh, I think part of the problem there is like that you look how good that team was last year when Tatis Jr. got told uh, thanks by Sia. And then now he's back in the line of uh, full bore. And there's uh, no surprise to me that they aren't, uh, they aren't winning ball games. I Do I know enough about the guy to call him a cancer uh no but i think if it looks like a duck and walks like a duck it's a duck <laughs> yeah i i mean he's a great talent right he's got incredible talent uh as does pretty much everybody on that roster but so yeah there's something so much about team sports is the camaraderie um if you don't get 100%. along it's going to show up on on the court on the field whatever it may be and i just man we have an epidemic of selfishness and and again you're going to give somebody that much money um it's going to be hard to motivate because <laughs> they get their money either way and baseball pays so much money to these guys and i mean good for them good for them they got the money but man you'd sure like to see them uh care a little bit and uh maybe give their fans something to be happy about because the fans are supporting them and man it's ugly in san diego it's really ugly in San Diego. You, you look at the here in Canada. I don't know how much you follow this, but uh, the biggest surprise here is uh, Alec Manoa. He's just gone from an all-star lot last season. Cy Young guy the whole bit. And he was uh, the, talking a big game, calling Garrett Cole the biggest cheater in baseball and everything else. And he comes out and he well, he's got sent down to the, uh, the Florida uh yeah, the Florida Complex League this week. He just don't got it. And is, that, is he, do you think, do you think he's a victim of the pitch clock? He just can't handle it because he was a very methodical kind of guy. What's your thoughts on that, Vince? I mean, I think it's fair to say. Um, at the end of the day, though, you're a professional athlete, and I think that's Figure a poor excuse, a poor excuse for failure. So um, Manoa, honestly, pitching as a whole has been rough this year. I mean, ERAs are way up this year, um, but Manoa, his downfall was so surprising, and to see where he's at right now, you're sitting there going, "Oh my goodness!" Like. Uh, I mean, if I'm another team, I'm thinking maybe I go out and try to get him for cheap and see if we can build something back with them. Cause maybe right now is the time to go get them. But I, I mean, maybe it is a mental thing. Maybe it is a, a method thing where he doesn't, he's not able to go through his process, but again, I, I don't know. I have very little patience for professional athletes that, that, uh, that can't get over something relatively small. And uh, and can't make it work at least to a level where he could stay on a, a major league baseball roster. Like that blows my mind that he's been as bad as he's been. 
Yeah, it's it's crazy to think that a guy couldn't till over the offseason figure out the pitch clock and everything else. If if that is the problem, but you, you I think you brought up a good point. Can can a guy like that who uh, you're now your franchise or your 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 fans more more than anybody doesn't have much faith in if they do he pretends to straighten things out down the Florida League. It's still the Florida League, bunch of eighteen year old kids, right? So w- w- how much better could he get? So he might go to Double A then up to Triple A, but if he has a stinker start back in Toronto. In, in July, the fans aren't going to be very forgiving. Maybe it is time for a change of scenery. Who knows? Like, you don't like to yeah. give up on, on a, a, a young arm at 25 years old. He hasn't had Tommy John yet, so it's, it's only a matter of time before he has his. But you, you wonder how that's that, that's going to all turn out. It's going to be really interesting. Uh, Vince, you look at teams like the Baltimore Orioles, the like we talked about Arizona, Miami, uh, your, your, your um, Milwaukee Brewers, uh, not big spenders in general. Do you think in the Tampa, Tampa Bay every year, they, they do it. They're not big spenders. Do you think you're going to see a shift uh, in baseball where owners are going to be like, you know what? We don't need to spend three hundred million because that team's spending seventy-five, and that team's spending sixty, and the Pittsburgh Pirates are only spending forty-eight or whatever they're spending, and they're contending. Um, do you think you're ever going to see a situation in baseball where the uh, the cones of the world, the Steinbrenners of the world, are going to be like, what are we doing, spending all this money and not winning? We could have the we could have the same record as that guy and spend a third of the money. Uh, I don't think it's going to change. I think those guys know the entertainment value and the importance of it. Um, they're going to make more money off of Aaron Judge, Shohei Otani, those kinds of guys than they are even winning a World Series, which sounds kind of crazy. But at the end of the day, if you're competitive and those guys that spend big money for the most part stay competitive, um, you know, I, I don't think it's going to change. Uh, now, you're always going to have the teams that can't spin and some of them are going to be good enough to build a, a winning program. But at the end of the day, you need star power. Um, it's, it's more marketing than anything else. It's an entertainment and you got to have people that, that can entertain. And so I think that you're always going to have the big spenders in the big markets. I don't see that ever changing. They might spend a little less, uh, but at the end of the day, I mean, good night. Shohei is going to make more than probably the entire Milwaukee roster at his next contract. So, and you're not going to talk anybody out of trying to sign him because he's, he's that good. Right. So now I think the big spenders, the Dodgers, the Yankees, the Mets, uh, they're always going to be big spenders. Yeah, it's crazy to think. Do you, do you think Otani finishes the season with the with the uh, Anaheim Angels? Disappointing once again. Mired at five hundred, and that that could be the worst thing they could be doing right now is being at five hundred and getting the, the owner and the GM thinking maybe we got a, we got a baseball team, and then they're going to lose it because Otani. I think he walks out of, out, out of Anaheim, but. Do you, do you trade that asset and, and get some prospects, or do you do you hold on and hope for some kind of a playoff run? I think you have to have the conversation with him, right? If if he says there's no chance I'm going to stay, then you got to trade him. You got to get something back. Um, but if there's any possibility that he's going to stay, even if it's 50-50, like, you can't trade him. You got to do everything in your power to hold on to him and sign him. Because, again, Shohei, I mean, he's the reason people go to Angels games. And uh, there's no other reason to go. Mike Trout used to be a guy like that. But I don't think people really care about Mike Trout as much. I've said trade Mike Trout, get pieces there. And because uh, Shohei's 100%. a once-in-a-lifetime player. And so the, you want to keep him at all costs. Uh, but maybe you can trade Trout and get some solid return with him and then actually build something that makes sense <laughs> there in, in, in Anaheim because – the Angels, they're disappointing every year, and they have been for years and years and years. Um, I think Shohei, I think he could stay. I, I think he likes them, and I think he likes L.A. Now, again, he could just go 
cross the street and go to the Dodgers. But uh, and I think that's the most likely spot for him to go if he does leave the Angels. Um, but if I'm the Angels, it's hard for me to trade them just because I want to make sure I've done everything in my power to keep them in house. Well, the marketing you get with that guy, like you said, and the the fan base that you'll have, and everything else, and the money that will come over from Japan, and it's and it's a thing. I remember watching Ichiro when he was with Seattle for all those years, and the uh, the tour buses that would come just to see him. It was well, uh, it was pretty remarkable. Yeah, and I think a good comparison too is Yao Ming in the NBA. Like the the way that market spread when he came over to Houston. I mean, that's what Shohei did it did for the Angels, and uh, and so I think. Like I said, I think you got to keep them. Seattle's an interesting team, by the way, for Shohei if he does leave also because they have the Ichiro thing there where Ichiro yep. can encourage him to go to. So I think I think he'll stay out west. I think if it's not the Angels, Dodgers and Seattle are probably the two teams to look at. Um, but I, I really do think he stays with the Angels. I, I'd actually be a little surprised if he, if he leaves. Yeah, you brought up a good point about trading Mike Trout. Maybe Trout will get uh, sent back home to Philadelphia area and uh, maybe do something out there. You never know. Because I think that for that guy, that guy to have any um, – he's already a Hall of Famer and everything else, but to, to have a kind of, some kind of a legacy, he really needs to do something big because you've already lost uh, a lot of his career being at a mediocre franchise out west where you don't see Mike Trout in the California or the Anaheim Angels play very much. I mean, they were on last night here. I was out, outside barbecuing and, and watching the game a little bit, but that's the only time because it was uh, it was just on. I wasn't hunting it down, but it was just on the, the some feed, right? So you, no one hunts down Mike Trout very much, and for that guy to be a uh, an all-timer, I think he needs to win something. Yeah, I agree. I mean, talk about legacy. And uh, baseball is a unique sport with that. But at the same time, I mean, he I don't think the Angels have done nothing to try to win. Like, I think they put a, a fair effort into it and it just hasn't worked. And I mean, Trout, I think he's a great guy. I think the way he represented America in the World Baseball Classic was phenomenal this past year. It was great. You yeah. got to see his personality a little bit. You got to see his passion, but you don't get to see it when he's in, with the Angels. So. I'd love for him to go somewhere else for him um, and uh, and kind of go from there. And that's a change for me. I'm a big loyalty guy. I, I like people staying where they are and, and growing and building a, a, something special where they are. But at the end of the day, I just think it's I think that's the best option for the Angels. Um, you just got to find someone who's willing to pay <laughs> to get to get Trout, and they're going to have to pay a lot, I think, to get him. That's a chunk of change. And then the, the prospects, everything else, you'd have to give up. You'd probably have to go superstar for superstar just to uh, replenish your because you can you can uh, prospects are cool, but championships are cooler, right? And everything else because if you have a if you just have a shelf full of prospects and you don't get anything anything done, then then what did you do? It's a uh, it's a tough old, these GMs these GMs don't have an easy, easy job when it comes down to like they they want to win and they're trying to protect their job in all sports. But when they gotta, when push comes to shove, they 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 have to uh, answer the owners too. It's tough. I I, I would I would like the job because the paycheck's probably pretty good. But it would be it, it would be a very very nerve wracking job to try to place these guys and bodies and see how many years you got left in these in in, in these baseball guys. Because like you said with uh, like Degrom, De uh, everybody kind of knew that that next Tommy John was coming, and all of a sudden it's just here right now in Texas. It's just bang yeah. done. I hate it. I hate it for fans. I hate it for the Rangers, and I hate it for DeGrom. I mean, again, I look at it all from a fantasy perspective, and I refused to draft him this year because I just I didn't think he was going to hold up. And, uh, man, when he came in, he looked so good <laughs> when he played, yeah. and then so quickly, man, he was put on the shelf, and the next thing you know, he's done. And it's just like, I, I mean, you hate to see it because, again, he's such a special talent. 
Yeah. And it's great for baseball when he's out there. And just another player who had everything. And at the end of the day, he's going to go down as one of the most, the, the one of the best players that didn't fulfill everything in his career because of injury. Yeah, there we go. I got that. So one of my extra rings questions. We'll get into extra rings right now and then we'll get you out of here. How's that sound, Vince? Sounds good. Uh, extra rings, quick, quick questions. Bigger disappointment career-wise. We just talked about him. Jacob deGrom or Steven Strasburg? Uh, probably Strasburg. Um, DeGrom was, he's, he's done enough longer and, uh, man, and you hate it for both guys. Right. But I think Strasburg's probably the the biggest, the bigger disappointment. He had, he had such lofty expectations, got big contracts all all the way through first overall, blah, blah, and on and on. I, I agree with you there. Favorite big leaguer when you were a kid, Barry Larkin. He Um, was good. Yeah. So I grew up, uh, my dad was a Giants fan. My mom was a Reds fan and they still are. Um, But uh, so I, I kind of liked both teams a little bit here and there, but I I saw the Reds more, I suppose. So Barry Larkin, I liked Chris Sabo too, because of the glasses. Uh, But Barry Larkin was the guy that I, that I'd go to. A guy that's get talked about enough, I don't think, is uh, Eric Davis. I thought he was a hell of a player, too. Like, they had some good teams there. They only got the one World Series in 1990, I think it was, right? But they had some solid, solid baseball teams and great players. Like, yeah, Eric Davis with that big swing he had, he was uh, he was uh, the, 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 the poor man's Daryl Strawberry, but kind, kind of along the same lines, right? One of those things. Um, there's another one. Did you get a hit in your last at-bat in high school? So I didn't play any baseball. Really? Uh, yeah. So I actually, I have never, I've played uh, organized sports one time and I was in fifth grade uh, yep. in basketball. Uh, but I went to this tiny little private school. We didn't have any sports. So um, huh. I played a lot of slow pitch softball in my life. Yep. Uh, and the last time, my last at bat in slow pitch softball, I did get on base. Well, there you go. That's very important. <laughs> get on base in, in that. How, so how did you become such a big sports fan if you didn't play? My Just, dad is a diehard sports fan. Yeah. So um, dad grew up in Northern Illinois. Uh, so Willie Mays was big, you know, when he was a kid. Yeah. That's why he was a Giants fan. Uh, and you know, a diehard Packer fan. I was named after Vince Lombardi. Uh, and so uh, just that's me and dad bonded over sports uh, yeah. our whole life. We drive around listening to sports talk in Nashville, Tennessee. And that's what got me ultimately into podcasting, too, was just loving to listen to sports talk. So um, my dad uh, it was in ministry, and so he used sports as ministry. He yep. would preach for the Packers. Uh, if we were in the same area as them, he preached for some baseball teams, uh, the Arizona Cardinals when we were out there, some too. So um, sports has just always been an, like, a thing into our life and, and uh, something we love. Now I coach high school basketball, and uh, both of my kids play basketball. So it's, it's just something I, lo- I enjoy, I guess. That's fantastic to, to get up from the, the periphery and then get, get inside it. Uh, two more to go. Is a hot yeah. dog a sandwich? No. No. It's, 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 I think it is. No, it's it, it is uh, it's its own thing, right? It's like Shohei. There's no nothing to compare Shohei to. He's his own thing. Hot dogs are their own thing. Nothing to compare him to. Uh, I mean, a brat's not a sandwich. Nobody's ever said a brat's a sandwich. But for some reason, they say a hot dog's a sandwich. No. Hot dog's its own thing. That's a good good point. I never thought about the broad thing. Uh, last one. Which New York Yankee past or present did you di- do you or did you dislike the most? Probably Alex Rodriguez. Good um, answer. Yeah. I, <laughs> I mean, I've always disliked the Yankees, uh, but I always respected Jeter, of course. 
Um, Garrett Cole was verging on that, but he's helped my fantasy team, so I don't dislike Garrett Cole. Uh, but yeah, Rodriguez, I don't like cheaters, and uh, and and so that that's who I would say. The way he went about that when it all went down with that bio lab or whatever it was, and went on the Michael K show and, it, and and just deny, 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 and then a few weeks later, yeah, I did it. And then it's his uh, the way he carries himself when he's on. He's the he's the phoniest guy on television to me. I can't stand listening to him when he's on on television on ESPN or whatever it is. He's so phony, and he just he doesn't know he doesn't know when to turn it off. Like he just. Right always has to be on. It's one of those things he drives me nuts, old A-Rod, A-Frog, whatever you want to be. And he almost tricked me back in 2014, the, <laughs> the old forgive thing. I was all, okay, maybe he's on to something. And then, because his uh, his marketing staff did a heck of a job for him. And oh, then, yeah. just like, no, I'm not getting fooled by this guy again. Well, and you know, as a Brewers fan, I had to deal with Ryan Braun. And, I mean, he was as disgusting as A-Rod, just yeah. in a slightly different way. And that's hard to sit through sometimes. You got a team that you want to support. I saw Ryan Braun in the minors uh, in Nashville, and, and you know, you, you want to support those guys. But then they come out and, and do some really just – horrible stuff and it's like yeah, all right. the way braun went about his little situation there putting throwing those lab technicians under the bus and everything mm -hmm. else and the, the guy's making 15 million bucks a year whatever it is and so you got some person making 30 grand just trying to get make ends meet and you're throwing the guy that was a bad look for braun back back then the horrible look actually you know i didn't uh didn't care for that very much vince uh <laughs> let everybody know what's going on what's uh, coming up in the, so in the sports stove yeah, so I, I right now I'm doing two shows a week. Sunday night we do the Sports Stove Fantasy Baseball Show. Uh, it's live at eight o'clock on the Sports Stove YouTube page and the Belly Up Fantasy Facebook page, and always available audio is available on the podcast. And then I host a show on Wednesday nights, the original Sports Stove podcast. My dad comes on with me. We talk all things sports, uh, and then uh, throughout the summer and in, once we get back into college football, I host a, a third show, which is the Sports Stove Local Hour, covering Eastern Kentucky University. So we got athletes and coaches that come on every week in the summer. We got uh, actually have one of the football players is going to come on with me and we're going to do some deep dives, just player profiles, get to know some of the, the football players throughout the summer and stuff like that as well. So it's, it's a lot of fun. If you like sports, we get some great insights from the athletes, even if you're not an EKU fan, uh, some great insights. Uh, I'll tell you what, baseball had a guy on. He was the second baseman at EKU and gave some insight to stealing bases and was real intriguing and stuff like that. So it's always a good time. Uh, and like I said, having my dad come on with me once a week is an absolute blast. It's just like we used to do sitting around on the couch or driving in the car talking sports. We just do it every Wednesday night for the world to see. No, I, I listen to that quite often. It's like quite uh, entertaining for sure. And lots of great insight. And it's a different, a different. Uh, you got a different shoulder, and there's some of the other ones on the old belly up network. So it's a, it's a very <laughs> refreshing to listen to at times. That uh, for sure. There's. A, thank you very much for coming on the show, Vince. We'll have to do it again. Maybe get to the uh, the 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 two-thirds poll of the season, see where the, what our predictions and prognostications that we did way back when in March, how they all turned out, right? So thank you very much yeah. once again for coming thank to the show. You. We'll do it again very soon. Thanks, remember, man. and don't forget, remember, it doesn't matter where you are, it's who you're with. Have a good day, folks. We'll talk to you tomorrow. You just listened to the 1420 Sports Bar Podcast. Four beer of sports talk and a whole lot more. We are part of the Belly Up Media Network. Let's get into it. 